Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have two new panelists. We have Richard Citorle. Hey, hey, hey. You want to remind people who you are because we haven't had you on for a few weeks? Yeah, my name is Richard. I am a front-end uh, lead developer uh, for a company called Optimal Systems. I am based in Berlin, Germany, originally from Johannesburg, South Africa. And yeah, I'm really loving the show. I'm a big fan of Angular, Adventures in Angular. And yeah, I'm happy to be back again. All right. And just to keep it multinational, we also have another new panelist. We have, and you can tell me if I say your name wrong too, it's Subrat Mishra. Yeah, yeah, it's correct. And hi, guys. Do you want to remind people yep. who you are? It's been a few months since you've been on. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm at Sitol, I'm Subhat Mishra. I'm from India and currently I'm in Bangalore and I'm a full stack developer. Uh, currently I'm working in, in Society General and I think once in la last year I was in the show as a, as a guest and now I'm very happy to be as a panelist. So it's a, it will be a wonderful experience. And I had a, I have a YouTube channel that is on basically on Angular and that is fun of heuristic. So everything is going on together. Awesome. I'm Charles Max Wood uh, from devchat.tv. Maybe I should do a little intro too. So I started this show with a bunch of friends of mine, what, like seven years ago or something. And yeah, we've been doing this show for a while. I kind of handed it off to some other folks, wound up taking it back over January timeframe. Uh, Shy and I were doing it for a while. I interviewed a few folks like Richard. And yeah, I wanted to bring some more people back in. And so, yeah, I'm excited to be talking to some new friends. And yeah, we have a, a guest today. That's Joaquin. Is it Seed? Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That means I said it wrong. Joaquin, why don't you <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll, we'll dive into our topic here in a minute. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates, and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev Heroes aren't just people who devs admire, they're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. Okay. Yeah, so I'm a full-stack developer. I'm currently working as a freelance. I'm from Rosario, Argentina, and I'm currently living uh, in Buenos Aires. And yeah, I've been writing a couple of articles around NGXS and Firebase, which I've also been working on for the last few years. And last year, I wrote a, a plugin, a plugin with the help the, with the NGXS team, a plugin that connects NGXS and Firebase. And yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, hopefully this will help everybody who's listening. All right. Well, I'm going to start real basic for some of our newer listeners, uh, newer to Angular and, and the ecosystem, and then we can just go as deep as we want. 
do you want to just explain real quick what NGXS is and what Firebase is, and then we can just go for it? Okay. Yes. So first, I'll I'll start with Firebase, which is a backend. Pla- it's a yeah, it's a platform which helps you or provides you with mainly a database for you to build apps, but not only a, a, da- a database. It also provides you uh, authorization, serverless functions, or yeah, ability uh, capability to run serverless code. And it also has a, a lot of other tools that makes, yeah, makes everything you need to build an app very easy and very accessible. So you can spin up an, an app really, really simple and really quick with Firebase. NGXS, on the other hand, is it's a library, state management library that fits within the Angular ecosystem. It is based on, on the Redux pattern, so it's kind of similar to NGRX, but it's not like NGRX, it has, it's different. And yeah, so it basically allows you to manage the state in, in your application in a more structured way. It allows you to organize how you handle the, the state with actions and, and stuff like that. And yeah, basically, uh, when when you're starting, when you're building apps, you'll normally get to a point when when you're going to need to use a state management library as your app grows. And well, NGXS is one of the options out there. Is the one that I prefer. Um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of gives an idea to about Firebase and NGXS. Yeah, what I think, what uh, what I got, I think it's for the everyone as well. It's little new, newer in market, I guess, and it's a kind of a similar concept as NGRX, as you told. Right. But it right, has right. Uh, what I'm just seeing here. It has some less components, so less, less to code, <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one of the differences, or I guess the yeah, the main difference between NGXS and NGRX is that it was built to keep simplicity, uh, like with simplicity uh, as the first thing uh, in mind. So, and also their idea on, about NGXS is that it was, or it, it feels that it's similar to everything else that, that you do in Angular. So in Angular, you have classes and components. And in NGXS, you have your state, which is also a class, and you decorate it with a state decorator. and you have your actions, which are also functions that you decorate with a, with an, an action decorator. And then within your state class, you can inject other services the same way that you inject services in your components. So it's basically pretty, you, you feel that you're writing similar code to everything else you, you write in your Angular applications. And the other main difference with NGRX is that since you can have async functions as a first citizen of NGXS, you don't need what in NGRX they call effects, which are things that you have to connect like in a separate file or yeah, you have to configure it in, in an, when, when you have, when you call an API and all that. So in NGXS, you can directly inject your API 
in a state class, for example, and then create an action that it's actually a promise or unserveable. So that means that it's asynchronous. And the, the library would all handle that asynchronous for you. So you don't have to worry to subs with subscribing and all that. So the library will do that for you. And yeah, that for me, that that's that's something that also it makes things easier because you can have all that in the same action. So it's easier to understand the code and, and all that. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I think that's a very good uh, comparison. Uh, and I'm very glad that we we addressed the elephant in the room because <laughs> I think I had one of those questions lined up as well. Uh, and it would be remiss if we didn't ask that question. But you also mentioned some very key differences there. But my question would be based on your experience and your humble opinion, and I presume you've used NGRX as well, even though you're a core member of the NGX team, would you... Uh, what would be a good use case for using uh, this stack that you, you wrote an article about? So using Firebase and NJXS. So, yeah. So basically the, this, this plugin came out, came out as an idea for me because I was, I started working on a project and we started working with Firebase, right? As a backend, which also Firebase, another cool feature is that allows you to build reactive apps right since firebase lets you connect with a query to to the backend database every change that occurs in the database is pushed to their clients that are connected without clients needing to pull for every time they want new the new the latest data let's say or the latest value so all the all the new new changes or the new values that happen in, in the database are pushed to the to the clients that are connected to them. So I started working on, on a project with Firebase. I um, initially started uh, using just the, the Firebase library, which, which is a service that you can inject in your components. And then as, as my app grew, I had to start doing something with the, about the, the state in the app because it's becoming too cumbersome to understand how everything was connected and, and all that. And at that point, I made a research on which were the, the different libraries that I could use to, to manage state. And so the, the three that I, I liked more were NGRX, which was the, the most popular one, NGXS, which actually a friend of mine told me about that one. And then the other one was Akita. So what I did is I, I created the same feature with, with the three libraries. And I, I ended up deciding for, for NGXS because that was the one that I liked the most and I, that I felt that was the simpler and the one that would help him better in, in my project. I mean, if right now, or actually after that, I wrote the plugin, which also improved further or make things easier, even, even easier between NGXS and Firebase. I don't know if there's something such a connector between NGRX and Firebase. I honestly didn't make a research on that. But definitely if, if your Angular application has Firebase, if you want, if you need to, to implement or to add some state management in your application, 
I would say give this plugin a try because definitely you're going to feel that things get easier for you. Yeah, you have you have some you have a you will have a learning curve until you figure out because once once you start using a, a state management library like NGXS, but most of them are similar in that way, you start dispatching actions to get things done. You modify the state on the in the in the state class or in the reducers in the case of NGRX, and then you select slices of, of state, right? That that is the one that you present to to your components or that you use in your components. So once you have once you learn that, the thing about this plan is that makes everything feel in the same way or work in the same way that you would normally use your NGXS state. So you can use or you can combine data from different APIs or even the state that you have in, in in your app with the one that is coming from Firebase and merging that data is super easy because everything is in NGXS. So you can combine that data very easily. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the main the main advantage of using this plugin. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, and I apologize if you cover this in your article and I just missed it, or if it's covered in the documentation for your plugin. But so if, if I have data that I just want to live in my app and I have data that I want to live in Firebase, is there a way to differentiate that? And how does that work? So basically, when you use Firebase, maybe, maybe I should have started I should have started there. So when you use Firebase, you need the, the service that, the Angular Fire library has or provides. And with that, you connect to the database. So when you create a connection to the database is when Firebase starts sending you data with the, from the query that you, you wrote, right? And then you can make updates or create new documents. And that will be, of course, that, that will be synced into the backend database. So essentially, if you're making the query, you want the, that data to live in your app. If you want that data to, to be in your app, it's and you're using a state management, it's better to keep in, in your state management library or along with all the other app data, right? Because most, most of the times you're going to need to make connections or merge make merges between those that, that data. So let's say you have a form or you have I don't know some some UI data something like that. You keep it in your state in in NGXS, and then you bring data from Firebase with for some for example a list of users or whatever. Let's say you have a filter and a list of users. So filtering that it's super easy because you have all the data in NGXS, and you can then make that filter. With the, in the same data set, you don't have to make mm-hmm. complicated connections between the Angular Fire service and the the data that gotcha. you have in your store. Because I mean, you can do that, you can do that, mm-hmm. but it's more complicated. You have to start using a lot of RG, RxJS operators. You have to start doing a lot of other things. That well, it's more complicated, I guess. Yeah, I think you answered my question when you said that you first set things up with Angular Fire and then 
you use this plugin to kind of connect right and you pull everything right. into N- ngxs and then ngxs just looks at it all as data right exactly exactly that, that makes sense so, to me that that seems simpler too perfect yeah yeah so th- basically what this, the plugin does and yeah following the same concept on how you use firebase if you don't use if you don't use ngxs so you have a query so what what this plugin does is fits that query into the ngxs model so mm. on ng on ngxs in order to do something, you have to dispatch an action, right? So what, what you do with this plugin is that you connect an action with a query. And the results of that query, you, you connect those with your store, the state, right? So basically, what will happen is that you will configure in your state class that when you dispatch a next action, a action, whatever, or let's say we call it load users, that action, when you start that action, you're going to query the collection users from Firebase, right? And when that query starts emitting results, and we have to remember that those results are going to be a stream. So it's not a one-only thing. It's going to be constantly emitting as changes occur in the database. Every time a new emission happens, you're going to grab those results and insert them in your in your store. The plugin is going to do that for you, so you you don't have to okay. worry. So that's that's kind of the magic that happens. It's okay. you don't have to worry about updating the state every time. You just configure the which action is going to start the query and how you're going to update the your store with the results. Everything else is handled by by the by the library. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. That's Very cool. cool. Um, yeah, I think there was one thing that I picked out out of what you mentioned. Now, uh, well, several things, but one that really stuck out for me was you mentioned that just like just like we have in in NGRX, we, we've got the effects or the concept of effects, and you said right. this is not necessary in NGXS. And I'm just wondering, how do you ensure that, oh, first of all, where do you handle your async uh, code and your side effects? Um, and how do you ensure that your, stay remains, your store remains immutable? Right. So, well, in, in NGXS, actions can, can be asynchronous, right? So that means, or the, the way that you do that is that you from that action, you return either a promise or an observable. So the state is going to be immutable because when you write the the action, there's a context that gets passed to that action, which is the one that you use to patch the state or to make modifications to the state, right? And those changes are going to be immutable. And that is something that that context that gets passed or injected to you in the action ensures. I don't know if that answers your question, but but basically yeah. the the state is immutable, and the asynchronous thing about NGXS is just that it. If we compare it with uh, NGRX, is that it includes the effect in the same action. We we can maybe we can imagine it like mm-hmm. that because you can have an observable or a promise, and the library is going to handle that for you. So it's going to wait or, or to subscribe to an observable or it's going to dot then to a promise, let's say. And 
run the, the next, the subsequent code for you. But the, the, the way that you patch the state or that you make modifications, it's always immutable. Yeah, yeah. that's that's very neat. <laughs> Sounds very, yes. very neat. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll yeah. Make, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. So the other thing about having the ability or having the, the the feature of asynchronous actions is that actions have a life cycle. So actions get dispatched, and actions then are completed or cancelled, and they can be completed with an error. Or, or or successful. So the, an, an error can occur within the action. So you have like different events that will occur during a, the action life cycle, and you can have different states how the action can can finish. And that's also very very interesting because with that you can then know when an action has started and when an action has finished. And that's super helpful. Actually, there, there's another plugin on NGXF that it's also very, very nice that you can subscribe to know when an action is being executed. So let's, this is the, the famous or the, yeah, the very common, the loading, the loading spinner. Uh, feature, right? Right, mm-hmm. or spinner. So basically, you always want to put a loading or, or a spinner when uh, when an action or something is, is going on, right? So with that uh, life cycle, NGXF makes it super easy for you because you can track when the action is dispatched and start spinning. And when the action has completed, you stop. So you don't, NGXF will handle that state for you. So you, you just query when the action has started and when it has ended. And I think that in NGRX, you cannot do that. You have to manually like start a loader before an action is dispatched. And so you have to do another thing, right? In order to, to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm actually giggling because yeah, that's exactly, I, I remember my own experience uh, with my team a couple of years back, we were using, we're an Angular shop and we use NGRX. Um, and exactly the scenario that you've just described now, yeah, you had to jump through certain hooks to, to manage that what, appears to be a very straightforward and simple scenario. But yeah, it's very interesting to hear that that is uh, managed internally with, within the library. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I I have a question. Like, like I, I think you have, I have just explained that one. So I just want to clarify what I got is correct. So we basically make, call, make API calls inside our state once the action is dispatched and update the state itself inside the state. Like in, in the case of NGRX, we use reducer and uh, on uh, sorry effects and reducer. So here everything will happen in, inside the state. Is that correct? Exactly. All all the code lives in that state class. So mm-hmm. you can have like the the comparison to the reducer in in NGXS. It's an action, and within the action you can call an API, for example, in, uh, Firebase or whatever API you 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 want to call, and then you can patch or make the modification to the state. So you have both things in the same, like, yeah, it's called the action, the same code block, let's say. Yep, yep, yep. so I have one more question. So if you check in NGRX, so you store each map with your reducer to change the state. Of your of your application, like suppose I have uh, two three so one user model, 
and one supports some items then i uh, if i want to update user i will use the u- user reducer and if i want to update item i will update the use the item reducer but how it maps here that will be right. nice to know right so when when you want to change something you create an action the action can receive a payload so let's say yeah if it's you can dispatch when you dispatch an action you can pass a parameter with values mm-hmm. and you receive that in the action block action code block mm-hmm. and so as i mentioned earlier so there's a, a context so i think in ngrx you have to return the new value right you, you just return uh, in the reducer mm-hmm. you, you re- so in ngxs it's a bit more imperative so you get a context injected in, in the action it comes as a parameter in the action and then with that context you have a method that is called patch state mm-hmm. and that patch state is the one that you have to pass the new value that you want the state to have so you can perform whatever operation you need or and when when that patch state is executed the 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 store gets updated in in a in middle way and all yep. the selectors that depend on that data will push the, the new data, the new values to all the components hmm, yeah. that are connected to that uh, selector, right? So the selector is basically same as what's in NGRX. Yes, yes, it's, it's the same. So I have to ask this because I have this guy that touches like every line of code that I write and he's a complete <laughs> idiot. And his name is Chuck from yesterday, all right? <laughs> and the only way that I can keep this guy in line is to write tests, okay? I mean, Chuck from today, he's fine. But Chuck from yesterday, the guy's a moron, okay? <laughs> and he screws stuff up, and I find his mistakes in the code that I write, right? Because I have to go back and I have to fix them. And so, but if I write tests, then a lot of times uh, I'll, I can avoid writing some of these bugs in my code. Not that I ever write bugs in my code. But how do I test this stuff, right? How, how do I how do I make sure that I'm not writing bugs in my in my uh, in my stuff? Right. So NGXS, I mean, for for testing the actions and all that, there there's so the, if you go to the docs, there there is some documentation on how to to make tests with, with Firebase the the plugin. So you're basically you will have to mock the query, right? Because mm-hmm. what, you, what you're doing is that the library is connecting the query with an action. Mm-hmm. So what, what you have to mock is the, the results that the query is going to emit mm-hmm. and how the, the and given that, the, the store is going to get changes updated or in, inserted in the store. So that's kind of what what you would want to test: how the the mock the, the results of the query that are going to get emitted, and what will happen after that. Right. The thing. So yeah. Um, honestly, there I think there are a lot of libraries to to mock observables. You can even mm-hmm. create an, a, a behavior subject, for example, and use that as the mock, which is what I do sometimes. If I have to be completely honest, I mostly use or i try to use more cypress to make tests sometimes right not a lot of not a lot of unit tests and so one of the things about using or the the way that i like to use this plugin and 
I, that I try to keep the code in my applications, even though sometimes it's not very easy, is to try to keep it as simple as possible, right? So, because that is less error, error prone and it also, it's more maintainable. So this library helps you with that. So, and the way that you should, or that I try to use it is to try to, to be the, the less complicated as possible. I mean, the, the, common, the most common operations that you would need to do in your application is bring a list of items from the database or a specific item from the database. And so basically your state is going to typically, typically look like have a, a, couple of, a couple of connections. So one to get a list or all of the items and one to get a specific item, right? And those, the result is going to be stored in that state, in that state class, let's call it users, for example, want to get all the users, want to get a specific user, and they're all going to live in that state is as an array, right? And then you have the, the selectors to, to get active users, to get users that have signed in in the last day. And so, yeah, that, that's what I try to keep the state or, or yeah, the, how to, to write the code in most of the times, right? Of course, there are some times that things get complicated because <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? And for that situations, you will probably need to, to make some tests. Also, one, one cool feature about NGXS is that the selectors are written as functions, as, as pure functions. So mm -hmm. it's very easy to, to create tests around the selectors. So this is different from, from the library, right? But you can you can easily inject. So you basically provide the function, the set of results that is going to be your mock, and then you you expect something and you just write uh, execute that function. So it's it's super easy to to test selectors in that way. Yeah. So I hope hopefully that that helps. <laughs> Are you ready for core web vitals? Fortunately, Raygun can help. These modern performance metrics play an important role in determining the health of your website, which is why Raygun has baked them directly into their real user monitoring tools. Now you can see your core web vital scores are trending across your entire website in real time and drill into individual pages to focus your efforts on the biggest performance gains. Unlike traditional tools, Raygun surfaces real user data, not synthetic, giving you greater insights and control. Filter your score by time frame, browser, device, geolocation, whatever matters to you most. And what makes Raygun truly unique is the level of detail they provide so you can take action. Quickly identify and resolve front-end performance issues with full waterfall breakdowns, user session data, instance-level diagnostics of every page request, and a whole lot more. Visit raygun.com today and take control of your core web vitals. Plans start from as little as $8 per month. That's raygun.com for your free 14-day trial. No, it makes sense. And I mean, it was mostly the angular part of it, or not the angular part of it, I was hoping to mock the Angular part of it. Yeah, that that's genius, Chuck. Thanks. No, it was the Firebase part of it that I was trying to figure out. Yeah, if, if there was a way to mock that, just because you can kind of see, yeah, am I, uh, can I reliably get the right data back and have it come into my state the right way? And and yeah, the more right. I think about that, the more Cypress kind of feels like the right level to be testing that at. Because essentially then, yeah, what I want to know is 
maybe at the component level, if I if I have if I trigger some kind of action, yeah, is it going to follow through the system, make the query on the back end, but I don't want it to make a query because I don't want to go to an end run out to Google. And then is it right. going to update, is it going to make the proper updates on the other end, right? Depending on what data it gets back. So I just need to mock that data out. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, right. I've, I've got a very, so I, I'm sorry, I suppose there's someone out there listening to this podcast and, and wondering like, whoa, okay, NGXS sounds super cool. You know, they can't wait to, jump right in and, and get started. I guess my question would be like, what are the common pitfalls people fall into when starting out with NGXS and what advice would you give them to avoid them? All right. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. So my experience, I think, or yeah, my experience and from what I've seen in, in the Slack community that NGXS has, which by the way is very active and yeah, people ask and about for best practices and, and, and all that. Yeah, some of us reply or even uh, people that are there. So that's that's very cool. So I think that basically, or what most often happens is that you start writing the your, your NGXS code or your state code with a lot of, how to say it, it's, it's I don't want to say complicated, but because it's it's like you start doing it very specific to your to your use case, and over time you start noticing that you have to keep your state as generic as possible. So, it, like in the in in your app lifecycle, you would probably start because maybe your app requires in some place that you display a product, let's say a product detail, right? And so with that in mind, you will probably create some state for just that product um, and and stuff like that, right? And then you then quickly realize that you're going to have to keep uh, the product available for other places, for other pages, and you're most likely going to have to load a lot of products, right? That's kind of what what happened to me and what I've seen in, in in the community asking, right? So with that in mind, you would probably start your designing your state to keep one product living in your application, right? And then you realize that you have it's better to keep it as a as an array and and create selectors that reflect what each component needs, right? right. So so basically, I would say that that's one of one of the main things. It's not designing your state with the needs of your components. So let the selectors do that for you because they are super flexible and very easy to change and try to keep your state as generic and as raw as possible. So meaning if you're if you're going to, if you have products or if you have users or if you have, I don't know, yeah, invoices, whatever. So try to keep them as raw as possible in the state and then let the selectors make the specific give the specificity for each component that you need in your application so that's yeah i would say that that's one of the the main things the the other main thing is is asynchronous actions so i think that sometimes because people is used to use ngrx they uh, usually follow the pattern of having a load action and the success or fail action of that load Mm -hmm. 
and that in, in NGRX that is glued together with with the effects, right? So in NGXS you don't need that. You can just have the load, and when the load finishes, you will get the result in the same block of code and make something, or or you it, it will fail in the same block of code and you can do something about it. So the patterns about that is also something that frequently uh, I see it uh, in in that people people ask asked a lot about. So in my experience, from what we most mostly recommend is that you should, in NGXS, you should go out from the, or not use that pattern of the three actions for loading something. Right. You, you would prefer just keeping a load action and keep everything within that block of code, which also makes more, a lot more sense when you need to start fixing things or you need to change because everything is going to live in a single place. Right. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, keep your state as generic as possible and use your selectors to, you know, to, to get a slice of the data that you're interested in. Right. That's pretty cool. Chuck, I don't know about you, but I've I'm very I'm itching yeah. to hear <laughs> you came about how he managed to become a core member of NGXS. You know, how did you join the team and what was your journey like? Well, that's that's a very, very good question. So uh, yeah, so it, it all started last year with the pandemic. <laughs> so that, that was one good thing that the pandemic brought uh, for me. Actually, yeah, so since I started using NGXS uh, in my project, I started uh, participating on Slack in the community a lot. I have a couple of yeah questions and suggestions, and the, the team it was very... Uh, yeah, so they received my my suggestions very well. Um, there there was a point I think that I I came out with the idea of of writing this this plugin. And at that point, uh, when the the core uh, the, the team lead of the of the core team, um, yeah, asked me if if I wanted to to join to join the team. Um, so we we kind of uh, work together on on this plugin, and yeah, I've I've been participating on on the on the team uh, meetings and, and all that since then. But basically, it was I started uh, actively uh, com- contributing in Slack. I yeah, I think that there were a couple of issues that came out on on the on the NGXS that I collaborate as well to fix those. And and then I, I started suggesting, yeah, this kind of plugins or making a couple of changes. And yeah, they 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 liked the, the ideas that I had. So in the end they 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 proposed being part of the team. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> that's a very interesting story. <laughs> so how, so how much, many yeah. yeah, so how many days it took you to finish? I think it's saying a lot of code <laughs> in pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it was around I don't know two three months. So the thing is that, or at least in the the process for me was that I came up with the idea. I wrote like the a first version of it, which was completely different from the the one that it's out there now. And I I demonstrated that one to the team lead, which which is called uh, uh, Mark Whitfeld. He really liked it. He liked the idea, and he suggested changes to make it more ergonomic and easier to use and yeah since then i 
yeah, it was a, a second version. So I think that the whole process was around two, three months, but it, it was not like all the time working on it. It was a lot of time spent thinking about it, how, how it should work. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally did the first version and that something, it, it was possible and it was helpful, then I yeah, was trying to polish it and make it uh, better and easier to, to use. Cool. Um, so do you have any numbers in terms of usage of the plugin? Do, do, are you aware of how it's being used out in the wild, so to speak? No, <laughs> to be honest, no. <laughs> I know that <laughs> I know that I know that it has been used. I mean, so it has I have been uh, a lot there have been a lot of questions coming to the to the GitHub repository. So that's a way of knowing that someone is, is using it. The other day, uh, we also did a, an Angular session with Beeman. And so th- there was, I, I participated there as well. And th- there were a couple of questions about the plugin. So that also at least shows interest about, about it. But yeah, if I have to be honest, I wouldn't know how many, <laughs> how many people are, are using it. I guess that I could look up the, the downloads, but I don't know if that's that reflects completely the the usage. Yeah, that's usually I know that, projects, not necessarily people. Right. So I know that the the NGXS team lead uses used it in one of their projects. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's great. So one um, question I was like having like if I use this one in my project, so I think you may have covered it, but I haven't gone through the plugin so i'm just asking like suppose if i'm making a call to a server and somehow my data, uh, state got updated but like means my, my data got updated but the state is not and and at that moment somehow the connection failed or how it managed the state like is it uh, will fire firebase will emit it again if you're if you're without any changes so you're asking what happens when when the connection fails or you have you're out of connection with, with Firebase, something like that. Yeah, but scenario is like suppose uh, your database is updated, but while uh, getting the response, your connection failed due to mm. internet connection. So that right. it's handled here, like kind of because that is yeah, your, we are not updating the state and now we can add one more. But yeah, that's right. how Right, so that, that's that's the beauty that's the beauty of, of Firebase, and the the good thing about using this this plugin is that it doesn't interfere with Firebase already does for you, which by the way it's it's a lot and it, it handles it very well. So the way that Firebase works is that they initially update the in the client side locally, and then it tries to sync with sync with the server. And it's going to retry until it it works. Okay. So basically, basically you don't have to worry about that because Firebase is is taking care of that for you. You can get confirmations when the, it actually has updated the, the the database, but most of the times it's going to you're not going to need that because your Firebase is working on a is working like in a local side first. You're mm-hmm. you're always mm-hmm. going to be updated uh, in, in in the in your application. Yeah, yeah. So so it's like when you make an update, for example, you will see it reflected in your 
in your application instantly, right? And then it's going to to update it in the backend, mm -hmm. which which also that model it's very very good to for reactivity in your application because and, and that's something that I haven't mentioned and I think it's very important thing. So with NGXS and Firebase, you can make and you will make your application reactive from from the front end to the back end because NGXS it's also a reactive it's, it's a reactive state management library, and every time something changes in the store, all the components get synced with the new with the new value. And in Firebase, every time something changes in the in the database. All changes are, are pushed to the connected client right away. So you don't have, when it, every time or after you create a connection or a query, you don't have to worry anymore about pooling data. And yeah. like you have like a two way data to fetch data, right? It's already connected and data is flowing through the, the connections all the time. So bye bye to all the get calls. Sorry. So we can say bye bye to all the get calls. So in normal application, we used to make a get call, then a put right. updates, and again we'll get. So we can right, say right, exactly, goodbye. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's a new thing for me. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I've had the, the the pleasure of working with Firebase in the past. I think a couple of years back, and I'm sure a whole lot of things have changed uh, since then. But I mean, it's as a platform. I think it's 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 great. I mean, you can literally pull together simple something that is typically not so easy to do by hand. For example, handling authentication. You've got that uh, Firestore database, real-time database, storage, hosting, and functions, and so forth. Um, and I've had a pleasure to to, to play around with all of those uh, for one of my previous customers um, and I absolutely love it um, I think all the points that you've mentioned today it's it's yeah it's all valid and I would urge people out there to to, to give it a try but for me I've, I'm always very curious like when someone mentions something that sounds so good <laughs> like you have today um, I'm always <laughs> thinking about maintenance right um, how easy is it to debug apps that are built with NGXS? Um, do you have uh, something similar like Redux DevTools, for example? Yes, yes, you do. And I would say, yeah, I mean, for, for me, of course, you'll always, uh, you always have to learn, uh, right, to in order to to use your to use your your new library. Uh, there, there's going to be some learning curve there, but in NGXS. So since the since all the async actions or async is allowed in your actions, you can place debuggers within your block of code. So it's going to stop there and that, that makes it easier to debug. And as far as changes in your store or how they're, 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 the state is changing after actions are executed, you can hook, yeah, you can use the, the Redux DevTools. It's the same, the same plugin, the Chrome plugin. And you will see changes that happen in your store after each action. So you can debug it, debug it that way as well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. Now I'm going to go play with it. So <laughs> we've already burned an hour on this and now we're going to go burn more, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. But uh, yeah, before we do that, I'm going to push this over to Pix because yeah, we're kind of getting toward time. Want to make sure that, yeah, we wrap this up before people have to run off and do other stuff. 
So, yeah, let's go ahead and do picks. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. I'm pretty sure everybody here has done it before, except maybe Joaquin. So, yeah, let's let's go ahead and have Richard do it first. Richard, do you have some picks for us today? Yes, I've, I've got two today. The first one is, if you remember, Chaka, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about my pending trip uh, to Crete in Greece. I yeah, I had a pleasure. I'm jealous. To... <laughs> yeah, it was a small little town called Hania, as the locals call it, but it's just picturesque. It's so beautiful and tranquil. Yeah, and I had a chance to to go and recharge my batteries, so to speak. Came back feeling super refreshed and ready to to rock and roll again. So, yeah, if you do get an opportunity to travel, I would definitely pick that up. Let me know if you want to know where all the cool beaches are at. I'll be glad yeah. to share that. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, so the the funny thing is the company that I work for. We all the different teams have names of birds and my teams the name of our team is called dodo um, if you know of this extinct bird called dodo but yeah the, i just want to send a shout out to my team um, they are they're fantastic they're great bunch of boys and girls and we work great together so yeah i just want to say shout out to them awesome subrat you got some picks for us yeah 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 so first one will be a te- technical picks and that i recently came across uh, backend framework for Node.js. It's a Nest.js. It's not Next. But I, was, I was also a little confused <laughs> at the beginning. So it's Nest.js. <laughs> and the, the true cool thing is it's like you can say 70 to 80% similar as Angular. You ha- we have uh, services, we have modules, we have everything. So it's a pretty gift for an Angular de- developer to develop uh, the backend. And every every Angular Angular developer should check it once because they can be full stack developer <laughs> with that. And uh, and the second one will be a Netflix series. I think everybody knows is Lucifer. I am watching that right now, and that's all I guess for me this week. Awesome, yeah. And if you could put uh, links to your picks in the chat, then we'll make sure we get them in the show notes. So I'll throw in my picks here real quick. Now I've picked this on like every show because it's still bending my brain. I am. Uh, so I listened to the book. Now I'm reading the book. I probably listening to it again here soon. Uh, it's called Who Not How. It is very much more of a business book, I guess, than a technical book. But I'm finding it applicable in a whole bunch of areas of my life. So if you're trying to get more done in life, then this is the book for you. Okay. And uh, let me just give you the rundown real quick. So for me, I'm working a full-time job. I'm trying to run a podcast network. I have five kids. I trained for a marathon that I did not run on Saturday because my nephew got me sick. I will spare you the gory details because it's kind of gross how some of this stuff manifests. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, you know, I have all this stuff going on in life and I was trying to do everything myself. And to a certain degree, I still am. But I started reading this book and I realized that I don't have to do everything myself. So I've started bringing people in to do more of the stuff. And yeah, some of it, I feel like, oh, it's not going to get done the way that I want or exactly how I want or as good as I would do it. But holy crap, I cannot do it all myself. 
And the other thing is, is the more I free up myself from doing the things that I don't have to do, the more I can spend time working on the things that I do have to do, and especially the things that allow me to pay the bills at home and pay the bills for the people that are working for me here in the podcast network and stuff like that. If you hear my kids screaming, I'm really sorry. So anyway, you get the idea. That's kind of how it opens up. So there are four sections. The first one is freedom of money. The second one's freedom of time. I might've gotten those backwards. The third one's freedom of relationships. And the fourth one is freedom of purpose. And those are the four sections. So the first one, the first two talk about freedom of time, freedom of money, right? And so the idea is, is you start freeing up your time. And then once you have time to focus on the right things, then you start to free up money, right? Because you start focusing on the things that make you more money. And then you can start focusing on the relationships that matter both in your business and in life. And then you can start focusing on actually working on the things that help build your purpose in life. And so anyway, it completely blew me away to the point where I just immediately started working through the book the second time. Loved it. So I'm going to pick that. Uh, Another book that I listened to that I also really enjoyed because I do listen when I'm out and about, but I wanted to actually read the physical book. So this book is called, uh, sorry, my brain just went blank on it, but it was recommended to me by my friend Manny. And it's one of his favorite books. Oh, what's it called? I can pull it up on Audible. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And it's funny because it's an older book. Like the newer books of this genre, they tend to tell stories and illustrate their points and stuff like that. But the older ones like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. You've got, what's the other one? The uh, the Carnegie book, Win Friends and Influence People, a lot of those. Uh, they have less of the story and less of the narrative and they more just kind of just tell you their ideas and just flesh them out. And so this is one of those, right? And so I like the stories. And so it was a little bit harder for me to kind of get through. And there's a lot to unpack there. So it's very dense, but there is so much there that is just so, uh, there's just so much there that you can just get so much out of. And so I, I encourage you to go, take a minute to go listen to it because I mean, just, just quality stuff. But the flip side is, is that, yeah, just be aware that you might have to go back through it in order to get all mine, all the gold out of it. But yeah, terrific book there as well. So um, those are my two picks. I'm going to pick those two books. And then uh, of course, devinfluencers.com slash podcast is the podcast I've been doing every day. There you go. All right, Joaquin, what are your picks? Okay. So I would say my pick is Newsol Voice. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's just a shout out to my football team I'm a fan of. Uh, we're not in the, in the best uh, shape right now, but hopefully <laughs> next season will be, will be better for us. And uh, That's a true fan. I love my football <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, not the best year for us, <laughs> but I'm there for you guys. <laughs> yeah. And so NGXS, of course. The, the other pick I, I wanted to mention is a TV show. I recently watched The Mayor of Instown, uh, which was very, very, very cool for me. Very good. And um, yeah, those are my picks. Awesome. Ooh. And then if people want to get a hold of you online, you know, say GitHub, Twitter, that kind of stuff, where, where do they find you? So yeah, I'm in Twitter. My account is J-O-A-Q-C-I-D. I'm going to send a link there if you want to post it but it's basically 
a couple of letters of my name and my my last name. Yeah, I'm in Twitter and in, I'm GitHub with the same account and name, so you can find me there. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming. This was awesome. And until next time, folks, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.